0: Welcome to the World the Love Show. Today’s episode is presented to you by Swan Livelihood. Swan Livelihood is a startup based in Delhi and aims to enhancing the skill set of the youth from all the sections of the society through their specially designed training and learning programs. Hi, myself, Mansi Khattar. I'm born and brought up in New Delhi, an aspiring social entrepreneur and a young change maker in Small livelihood. And I'm going to host the entire series of Vartala, wherein we'll bring most of the change makers in every episode of the series to get to know about their journey and their contribution towards sustainable development goals. And now it's time to welcome our special guest, Vinita Bakshi. She is an author and founder-president of the non-profit organization, Ambra Foundation. Hi, Vinita, ma'am. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, Mansi and Megan. Namaste
1: and a big hello, everyone. I'm okay, but, you know, uh, last two years have been so tough. Almost two, should I say. And, um, uh, you know, just, um, I mean, it seems that... uh, with the third wave as everybody is talking about. So I'm in anticipation of that, I'm saying that last two years, I mean, last year, including this year, seemed very, very tough for everybody to just then, you know, then just to say that I'm okay is like uh, a very uh, feeble response to your question. But for the time being, I mean, one just has to work hard and stay sane
0: Yes, exactly. Like these are so hard times of everyone uh, in some or the other way. Yes. So let's now begin with the discussion. And now my first question to you is about your journey. So could you please share a brief about your journey so far?
1: Uh, Well, uh, Mansi, I'm a mother of two, a wife, a sister, a daughter and an author with 31 miles. My Review novel which released in Jaipur Literature Festival, and uh, of course, I'm a development practitioner. And if I look back, I can't wonder how it ever happened. A shy and reserved person like me now talks so candidly. So, I've been a part of uh, Jaipur Literature Festival, uh, Bhopal Literature Festival, uh, London Stardust Show, and NDTV, uh, DD Metro. Uh, New York ITV show, and uh, Northeast Writers Forum, Chandigarh Literature Festival, Bhopal Literature Festival, World Book Fair, uh, Delhi Literature Festival, so and many other prestigious forums. But believe me, 10 years back, it was not the same. And in terms of personal achievements and success, last 10 years have been the most transformative years or the most transformative decade of my life. Uh, Ever heard the term late bloomers? Well, you're listening to one. You're talking to one. When my daughter left to pursue her undergrad in US and son was in senior school, I got an opportunity to volunteer and associate with causes. And all of a sudden, a world which had always felt so distant and God knows was where, a figment of Bollywood imagination or only existed on celluloid was right before me. When I volunteered, I came across people suffering, isolation, inequality, lack of opportunity, marginalization of communities, urban slums, and endless amount of work to do in every direction. And believe me, I wanted to do it all in one single day because I just thought that how to uh, make things go, how to correct things, what can be done. And I felt I had to do something, at least begin somewhere, somewhere small, I had a purpose, you know, suddenly maybe I was always looking for a purpose and now I had a purpose, a family which went went beyond my own children, husband, parents, sibling in laws, love and comforts. I had so far taken for granted in my life as entitled and there were so many people who did not even have one or the other and some had none of these and thus began my decade of hard work and reaching out in 2012. I registered AMRA Foundation with Government of India. I wanted to reach out and make difference in people's life over suffering. Little did I realize its challenges and other limiting factors. There was lack of experience, exposure, and I'd straight walked out of comfort or cocoon of over two decades. And I wanted to do everything that came my way, change things, systems, lives. I don't know what all I wanted to change. Okay. I knew something in me had changed, you know, I mean uh, all of a sudden from a very protected environment uh, you are going to this uh, big world outside but I think I had determination motivation and desire and ability to work hard so you know, we began by working on skilling women in marginalized urban communities towards employability and consumer rights in 2013 Also, the seed of the book started forming in my head, you know, as I met more and more women. This was also the time when social media, especially Facebook, was entering our lives and homes and was pervading places hitherto considered too private or personal. Facebook was a very different world, you know, fascinating, connecting people, old friends. Uh, school friends, neighbors, cousins, known and unknown men and women. I mean, you, your generation might have taken Facebook for granted, but for our generation, I mean, Facebook was like something, something, you know, really, I mean, something we'd never thought of or had imagined because we did not even go to our schools with laptops. We went with paper and uh, pen, books, copies, and suddenly everything was in a small laptop. The entire world was in the laptop. So, this was the era before the dating sites or such stuff was born. So, as a director of the skilling institute, I would see students and staff hooked to social media and Facebook seem fascinating as a subject matter of the book. So, uh, I think uh, in my mind, some ground was being prepared to take Facebook as the subject matter of my book. And I dug out a story, you know, from uh, my memory bank. And if you're interested, I'll tell you something about it. But amidst these new and fast-evolving times, in 2015, we instituted a very successful and interesting festival, Amrotsa, with four components. Uh, there is Ras, which has instrumental and performing arts, and there is Hat, which is Arts and Handicrafts, then there is Kitab, which is a literature festival, then there is Pakwan, a food festival. And in 2015, Government of Gujarat was very, one of our partners in this festival. And it was a two-day festival in which over 100 internationally renowned authors, artists, painters, artists, and craftsmen participated. Uh, Delhi CSFI was packed with thousands of visitors who attended and enjoyed enjoyed this two-day festival. We received tremendous support from Delhi University volunteers during the event and unbelievable media coverage in national newspapers and magazines. It was an unprecedented hit. And this was also the time when I was writing my book. And uh, as we entered 2016, I think what women call uh, comfortable forties or whatever, I suddenly had a lot of my friends confiding their personal stories in me. Not very pleasant to hear, but a reality nevertheless. And this evil is called domestic violence. I think most of the women shy away or never even admit to themselves or to their family and friends in the name of dignity or family honor uh, about this for a very long time. What is perhaps a, perhaps a time when they are a little more uh, confident, comfortable with their bodies, feel more secure, and in some cases, Uh, You know, there are children who lend support to their uh, mothers in their struggle and challenges. I, uh, if you have time, I remember three cases in particular, which prompted me towards forming She Speaks.
0: Yeah, mom would love to hear that.
1: Yes. So, you know, uh, people have this perception that domestic violence only happens in uh, you know slums or disempowered communities but here I was in touch with these very strong females one was a medical doctor a gynecologist I mean she was making so much of money back then she could have gifted a mark I mean she used to she did a merc and BMW to her husband on her birthday there was a senior IPS officer who was a friend and then there was a IIT professor her husband and they were both IIT professors And they were being beaten black and blue at home. And, uh, you know, they were, uh, they had been uh, exposed to domestic violence for such a long time. And they hadn't uttered a word about it to anybody. And we thought, and I had thought, this is something that happened only in movies. I mean, here were three strong, educated, well-to-do economically and socially progressive, privileged women, my own friends. And I did not know what was behind their well-hidden and composed smiles. I mean, just imagine how gruesome a reality it was that you hide something as serious as this, even from your family and friends. Now, why women don't speak up? What holds them back? Why they choose and glorify silence over speaking out or seeking redressal? And thus, on 8th March 2016, our flagship program, the She Speaks Triannual Seminar Series, was born in Delhi University. And through its 12 editions, we have continuously discussed issues that cause impediments and hindrances to the growth and success of women. These programs were held at some of the most prestigious venues in New Delhi, such as India International Center, India Habitat Center. Um, uh, CSOI, Civil Services Officers Institute, ICCR that is you know uh, Indian Council for Mm -hmm. Cultural Relations India Islamic Cultural Center and um, so on and so forth and we have covered the journeys and life stories of the most amazing and phenomenal women through this platform you can check this on uh, www.amrafoundation.org and the series is called She Speaks Through through our seminars, we ensure that voice of the women is heard through a broad spectrum of society. We encourage and facilitate a dialogue between the panelists, participants, and the audience. We have been actively engaging in helping women gain employment to various workshops. Women living in slums and victims of abuse attend and benefit from these Arohan workshops. But going back to She Speaks, I want to mention one more thing. So when we began She Speaks in the year 2016, we had, uh, you know, we were following a case study approach, Right. So what we will do is, it was a conference kind of a thing where uh, we would invite experts, uh, you know, uh, uh, an activist, a journalist who covers the subject in the media, an academician from a, you know, a learned person, a policymaker, bureaucrat. And uh, I mean, I have been uh, hosting and anchoring all these, um, uh, uh, you know, moderating the sessions of She Speaks and then, on the at the end hour, you know, we would realize that the you know women suddenly develop cold feet from speaking. You know, they women don't want to talk about their challenges on a public platform. And uh, who are we to you know uh, force them or encourage them to speak? And we respect their privacy. So we change the format of the she speaks now. In the current format, uh, the participants uh, remain. The, uh, you know, the journalist, the academician, the policymaker, a bureaucrat. And a discussion is held. And then we send the findings to uh, Ministry of Women and Child Development. We send white papers and we uh, take the discussion to the newspapers and media. So this is the current format. So the discussion topics have included how to make ecosystem more friendlier towards working women the impact of culture on gender, breaking the walls of silence, tagging and typecasting of women, the harassment of women in the workplace, the sex trafficking of women in the subcontinent, the role of technology in creating safe spaces for women, he or she, the role of men in women empowerment, gender and leadership challenges, lend an ear and extend a hand, cyber security, work from home, financial inclusion of women in post-COVID era and beyond. And then under our project Arohan, which is non-formal education and skilling, yeah, we he yeah. tries imparting employable skills to women in urban slums, completely free of cost. We also have launched a toll-free helpline, Sashakta, which we started during pandemic for emotional counseling of girls and women available in Delhi and and thus our very decent endeavor, education and digital inclusion. Um, I'm sure Mansi, you're aware that suddenly due to pandemic, traditional classroom learning had to be changed or shifted to digital learning platforms. So not everyone can afford laptops and smartphones in India. We cannot compromise on education. So everyone should have access to basic education. So Foundation is working on providing laptops to needy school-going children. And we are collaborating with Miranda House College. And uh, I have also pledged to give 25% of royalty proceeds from the sales of 31 miles to digital inclusion of Miranda House Girls. And uh, also uh, uh, our two upcoming projects uh, are, you know, one is livelihoods and uh, uh, we are going to create a trained resource pool of girls so that uh, they find employment and some system and some burden on the system where, which is demanding uh, uh, medical staff and some burden on the system can be reduced so this is a free training program which Amra foundation is uh, going to start uh, at the end of may itself and then another project which we are starting is in uh you know uh, these government homes for these abundant and destitute girls so you would understand that any protection home for girls uh you know where you have uh, abundant homeless girls and uh, also children who are in conflict with law they the those centers provide them stay. they provide them food but they cannot become their family or you know they don't provide them an emotional anchor and for a successful life a human being needs more than food and shelter they women uh, men, women, everybody needs to believe in themselves and need to believe in society. And when these girls leave orphanages or protection homes, they carry a stigma with them. You know how difficult acceptability of a child is who has been brought up a protection home or orphanage. For them to find a suitable employment, get reintegrated in society, to get accepted by themselves and to get accepted by society is a very big challenge itself. So now we are working on this emotional awareness of uh, these girls in government care homes. So these are our two upcoming projects.
0: Yeah, thank
1: you so much
0: and in the case of domestic violence also researches like show that 42% men and 52% women believe it is reasonable for a man to beat, a, beat his wife but i can't understand why out of all these crimes in the world domestic violence like appears to be the highest repeated and even 75% women are subjected to domestic violence but don't seek help yes and the contribution made uh, by your organization uh, towards women co- empowerment is amazing. Thank you so much, Pansu. So uh, I would uh, like to ask you, like, how far you have reached in your vision to achieve a more equitable and a just society?
1: So, uh, you know, uh, an equitable world, And a just world is a world in making, okay? So this is something which is a very continuous process. Uh, You can't have, uh, you know, but these uh, SDGs, SDGs 2020, they came out with a program that, you know, uh, 17, uh, you know, uh, development goals, uh, which... uh, sustainable development goals which were to be attained by 2030 now you can well understand uh when already the progress or the monitoring or the target which was to be achieved was so full of obstacles and roadblocks and now with COVID-19 what must have happened you can well imagine
0: yeah yeah Um, Yes, I totally agree to these points and I wish to also know from you what are some of the policy-level interventions that are required to overcome global challenges which we are facing at this moment. Uh,
1: So, you know, uh, halfway through 2020 was markedly different than anything that could have been imagined. Uh, when UN and global partners launched the Decade of Action to deliver the Sustainable Development Goals. Back then, it was recognized that while some progress has been made and then COVID-19 swept across the globe, threatening threatening to unravel the very fragile process that had been made and to set the world further back from achieving the SDGs. Equitable in a just world, as I just said, is a work in making. It will take more time than ever now. Of course, policy is the backbone of development. People-friendly policies help achieve targets on time. So policy is very, very important. If the policy is people-friendly, then NGOs, government, civil society, individuals, everybody, you know, is able to contribute to the society in a meaningful way. So why do we only talk about corporate social responsibility? We should always also talk about individual social responsibility. When we all come together, now, uh, you know, some of the people have shown amazing resilience. They have done so much of good work who has not contributed, even RWS came forward. So many groups of people, so many people became so active in helping each other, mobilizing resources, helping reaching out to unknown people. Everybody wanted to do something or the other, uh, you know, during these COVID tough times. So we are able to sustain the spirit of volunteerism, sustain the spirit of giving something back to society over a long period of time and covering the last mile covering the last possible person then i think we still have some hope because 10 years nine years you know even if this year is gone i think next eight years are going to be very very crucial but you know if you look at the what is happening worldwide if Mm -hmm. you look at china itself or if you look at some other countries the process of like. Uh, emissions, the gases, is going to accelerate because everybody would want to put their economy back on track. And when you try to put your economy back in track, what do you do? You have to give livelihoods to people. You have to, uh, uh, you know, create uh, employment. You have, uh, you need to uh, foster manufacturing. So ultimately, what is going to be harmed? Environment is going to be harmed again. So if environment backtracks so many things, uh, as a consequence of that backtrack. So uh, there are certain parts of the world uh, you know, they would suffer and um, the process would definitely has been jeopardized.
0: Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so, like, uh, we have discussed so many things that made me curious to ask uh, what are the challenges you have observed pre and post-pandemic? Uh
1: See, challenges are of various kinds, you know. Uh, I personally feel that, uh, as I was just saying, that uh, NGOs, government, civil society, so this is uh, is not right, just, you know, everybody keeps throwing blame on the other person. This is not the time for a blame game. Mm -hmm. This is the time to pitch in resources, you know, whether these are uh, all the biggies of the world in whichever way, whether somebody has economic strength or social strength or whatever kind of power, I think they should, everybody should pitch in resources because we have now we know that we are all connected in one single thread. So unless or until everybody is immunized, nobody is safe. So then why countries are passing the buck from one country to the other? This is not the time to pass the buck. I personally feel immunization for all till the last person will play a very crucial role in uh, safety of the people as well as achieving SDGs as soon as possible. We should all work together towards it. Immunization alone covers 14 of 17 SDG goals. Immunization is that important. And immunization was important not because COVID came last year immunization is always being the backbone of any development program because if you immunize your children then they educate then they are able to go to school then they are able to eat food then the communities are safe then they are safe from so many types of syndromes and diseases If children go to school if they educate themselves then obviously they earn when they earn Then, uh, of course, they contribute to their families, they contribute to society. So it's a very, very vicious circle. And the end game is that immunization. Immunization is very important. It always was. So when I say immunization, I not only mean COVID, I also mean all types of immunization program that were happening. In, uh, that were happening for children in schools. Now, if you if the schools shut down, where are they going to be vaccinated? Because so many, there is so much of hunger in the world. And these children were going to school because they were getting meals in school, because they were getting immunized in school, because when they c- uh, come to school, they are in a safe and protected environment, in a learning environment. Just imagine if the schools are shut What the children are going through, I'm not talking about some privileged families who are able to sail through well, but even their children are suffering, even uh, because of the education, uh, psychosomatic factors, uh, psychological factors. But what about the children who live in slums, who are marginalized, whose life depended upon only going to schools because they got meals there, because they got vaccination programs there? What is going to happen to them?
0: Exactly. Uh, Each and every word is so true, ma'am. Also, I wish to also know from you, how can we collaborate together to achieve the 2030 Agenda or Sustainable Development Goals? Uh,
1: A sustainable society is one where all children receive a quality education, are vaccinated, drink clean water, are protected from violence and have equal opportunities to thrive. It also means designing policies and recovery efforts aimed at tackling inequalities and across societies to reach the most vulnerable communities and to ensure those with decision-making power reflect the communities they are trying to reach. And this is the uh, agenda which was uh, uh, adopted by UN in two thousand. 20, this year uh, uh, in 2021 early this year after the onset of pandemic
0: yeah I totally agree with you and before we conclude this discussion what is your message to the youth that is listening to you
1: uh, my message is very very simple There are only uh, three thumb rules to success. Hard work, hard work, and more hard work. And of course, please do read 31 Miles. Connect with me on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you like. And do visit www.ganitabakshi.com. And uh, thank you very much for inviting me once again and is there anything you would uh, want to ask me further mansi
0: (laughs) no that's all ma'am thank you very much for sparing your time and for being with us in this show we have really inspired by your journey and we wish to support you in all your endeavor in future as well thank you uh, once again ma'am
1: thank you mansi thank you everybody bye bye thank you so much
0: Thanks for listening to Vartalab. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Then stay tuned for next week, wherein we'll be in a conversation with a mentor and an experienced professor of one of the most prestigious school in India. See you there.